Football Patriots back with another Patriots Prayer podcast for you. And today we got a great one. And I'm going to start off with something that uh, I think we all need to see. It's a little heartwarming. It's, it's a story uh, about police officer, Kim Potter. Now, she's at a traffic stop a while ago. Thought she was pulling out her stun gun, pulled her firearm instead. And a young man died. Unfortunately. And um, so what we're going to see today, and I think many people have seen this, but if not, this is something you need to see. This is one of the most godly things that I've ever seen in my life. And it, it, it it's a show of absolute strength because you can't be weak and do this. This, is, this, this young man has, has taught all of us. Now, the reason why all this is coming up right now is because Kim uh, is going to be released from uh, prison soon. And it, Dante Wright was the name of the person whose life uh, she took. Now, like I said, she mistook her firearm for a stun gun at a traffic stop. And this young man lost his life. Now, she is set to be released from prison on Monday. Now, she served 16 months and the Shakopee, Minnesota Correctional Facility, and will serve another eight months on supervised release. Uh, a shocking new booking photo shows the former Brooklyn Center police officer's uh, deterioration from behind bars. And what you can't see here and what they show is, um, you know, she was had a lot of weight and that sort of thing on her, and she doesn't anymore, but prison will do that to you. <laughs> It will absolutely do that to you. So, after what we're going to be shown today, and what, what I'm going to show you is this young man, this young man, he's um, <laughs> something special, I can tell you that. He, he's addressing the court after his brother's uh, wrongful killing. And... He addresses uh, Miss Potter directly. And it's this interaction that I think is one of the most healing and, 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 and strong shows uh, uh, of a God-filled man that I've ever seen in my entire life. So let's take a look at this. This is the most Christian thing I have ever seen in my life. I don't want to... say twice or for the hundredth time what you've or how much you've taken from us. I think you know that. But I just I hope you go to God with all what, all the guilt, all the things, the bad things you may have done in the past, each and every one of us may have done something that we're not supposed to do. If you truly are sorry, I know, I can speak for myself, I, I forgive you. And I know if you go to God and ask Him, He will forgive you. 
And I don't think anyone could say it. Again, I'm speaking for myself, not even bad for my family. But I love you just like anyone else. And I'm not gonna say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did, but I see I I personally want the best for you. And I, I wasn't gonna ever say this in front of my family or anyone, but I don't even want you to go to jail. I want the best for you. Because I know that's what that's exactly what both of them would want you to do. And the best would be give your life to Christ. I'm not gonna say anything else. I think giving your life to Christ would be the best thing that both of them would want you to do. Again, I love you as a person. And I don't wish anything bad on you. I don't know if this is possible, but can, can I give her a hug, please? Please? Yes. People, if that is not an example of Christ, there's never been one. There's never been one. Not even one. That is the perfect example. <laughs> uh, I mean, listen, how many people could lose a family member? And knowingly, this person didn't do this intentionally. They didn't go and do this intentionally just to kill this person. But it, it, it still resulted in someone losing their life. And imagine being able to see that while you're grieving the loss of your loved one. And being able to look at that individual and say, I forgive you. Go to Christ. Let me give you a hug. I want the best for you. I mean, oh my goodness. It, it, it doesn't, it, 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 you cannot give a better example than that. And where this is at right now, is the 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 former police officer her name is Kim Potter now she is um, she's getting ready to be freed from prison and uh, Kim <clears throat> you know can you imagine 
she she accidentally kills Dante Wright. Um, and when she mistook her uh, uh, when she mistook her firearm for a stun gun during a traffic stop, it's set to be released from prison on Monday. And you know what do you do with the rest of your life after that? After the individual forgives you for 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 taking the life of someone so close to him, and says, "I hope." that you go to God with this. Because if I forgave you, He'll forgive you too, if you go to Him. <laughs> I'm very interested to see the direction that Miss Potter takes with the remainder of what is her life. And um, I, I gotta say, I, had, I do have some expectations after that scene that played out. And uh, and I wanted to start everything off with some good news, man. Something to touch people's hearts. Something to put us in a positive light. Show us a bit of, uh, you know, something good in this world. And that young man is just that. You know, also want to know where he's at and what he's doing with his life. Because uh, he's got a platform if he ever wants it. He, that, that was powerful. That was absolutely powerful. Now, I hate to contrast that news with this news, but this is the world we live in. So, we are going to talk a little bit about this Nashville shooter. And um, we're still wondering why it is that they haven't released this manifesto. They went to this this uh, this woman's apartment, and they found um, you know writings. They found more weapons. She was a former student at this school. Now the family's sitting back. They're dealing with the loss of their loved ones, you know, children and adults, and they want to know why. They want to know what this person was thinking. They want to know why in the world this person chose to take the life, the lives rather, of six innocent individuals who weren't harming anyone, weren't attacking anybody. It wasn't a revenge shooting. They, people particularly hadn't done anything specifically to her, at least that's not what's been reported. It's just that, and they don't have to say it, right? We know this. The only reason she did what she did is because they were Christian, and I wish that whoever is withholding this manifesto would just get it out in the open. We know she targeted a Christian school. We know she killed three adults and three children for absolutely no reason. So, why in the world would she have done that? It's because they were Christian. And they don't want to declare it a hate crime. 
I think what they're what they're well they're what they're probably thinking is that they're playing the situation down so that people don't get riled up and nothing more comes out of it. Well, they don't do that when the shoe's on the other foot. Right? They they don't do that at all when the shoe's on the other foot. They exacerbate the issue. They lie. They report irresponsibly like they did with Kyle Rittenhouse. Um, it, 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 and this plays out over and over and over again because you know, they want the ratings. They, 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 they want the clout. And they don't even care about being right. They just start reporting. And it's about ratings. But it's also about their agenda. Because when the shoe's on the other foot, they ignore it. They don't talk about it. It's like CNN talking about the teen mob that went through Chicago. We don't want to talk about it. When zero, zero seconds of footage, zero seconds of coverage. You know, I wish we went back to the days when we had something called the Fairness Doctrine. And what the Fairness Doctrine did, and what it was, um, it established a playing field of equality. Like this. If someone came on a, a show on the news, on the, on the national news, and gave a talking point from uh, a democratic or left-leaning standpoint on any bill or issue, they would have someone there to give the counterpoint. Fairness doctrine. We stopped that. Obama got rid of it. Now what we have is divisive reporting on both sides. Now, I can tell you, we've all done our research. And we know that it doesn't work to say, well, they're both the same, they're both bad, and that sort of thing. That's not true. That stuff doesn't work anymore. Well, the left's bad. Well, so is the right, and they're all bad. No, stop it. Cut it out. Cut it out. It is not true to say that anymore. It's not that both sides don't do things that are wrong, and it's not that they both don't play the politic game. But when you say both sides are wrong, what you do is you put us on an equal playing field with people that want drag time shows at your kids' schools and want your daughters in strange boys using the same restroom and this sort of thing. We are not the same. One is absolutely wrong. It's not a point of view. It is not a matter of belief or any of that. It is wrong. And they're wrong. And the people that push that are wrong. And we're not both wrong when it comes to that. When women lose their scholarships while competing in college to a guy who can't compete with other guys, so he decides to compete with women so that he might actually win something. Stealing opportunity, taking records away from women who deserve them. We are not both wrong. They are wrong 100%. There is, there is, no, there is no such thing as a fair game when you have 
a guy with more muscle mass, testosterone, bone density, going and playing against these females. It doesn't work. And it's just, it's just, it's got to be, I mean, I, I can only imagine, right? It, it's got to infuriate women, the ones who aren't indoctrinated, the ones who aren't brainwashed, have to be infuriated to see someone dress up like them and go steal their thunder, and they're not even a woman. And they get woman of the year, and called the first woman this, and the, come on, people. <laughs> they, they know what they're doing. I was listening to a podcast the other day. As I do. I listen to everyone, and I do my research, and I hear everybody out, and I get different points of view. And something was said the other day, and it really made me think. And it's talking about during the BLM riots, how all these white liberals were tearing into um, black-owned businesses um, and, and going in and looting and robbing and doing all of these things while jumping on the bandwagon of a BLM protest. And the person who talked about it was an ex-BLM organizer and that sort of thing. And he said whenever, whenever he brought it up, like, hey, this is, there's, there's something wrong with this. This is not. This is not right. He says, "It seems to be counterintuitive. It seems like the 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 white liberal on our side, protesting with us, is using that platform to tear down black-owned businesses in the name of what social justice? For what reason are they fighting? Because it seems like the enemy has infiltrated us." And they're doing what we're protesting to stop doing in the name of the protest. He says maybe they are actually white supremacists undercover within our midst pretending to be part of the movement. And I got to tell you folks, when he put it together like that and you think about it, Antifa. Antifa falls right into that category. They fight for the most outlandish things, right? They, they go after everybody. They don't want to talk to anyone. So they, they, they don't give points of view very rarely. I saw one on a Tucker episode once and his point of view was skewed as can be. I mean, I don't know how anybody would... Any common sense could really believe the things that he was saying. It's like right and wrong become this uh, relative, or it just—it's it, really gets really crazy with their when they start telling you what their views are and why, and, and what they think will come of it. They're—they're—they're they're, they're not uh, being honest either with themselves or us, and that's just the truth. They're not being honest now. Just recently in Georgia, they, they firebombed a police training facility. Now, what is everybody up in arms about? Police not having enough training so that these things that happen, happen, uh, you know, bad shootings and 
learning more how to de-escalate situations, these sorts of things. And training is key to that. It is key to that. You're a waterhead if you don't think so. So Antifa firebombs the training facility, throwing Molotov cocktails, doing all this. First of all, no arrests have been made. Do you know the name of anyone shown on that video bombing a police facility, firebombing a police facility? Because they showed it. People were there with cell phones. Now we have all these people's cell phone data that they, they can place people at a point in time and, and say you were there because we got your cell phone ping here. And I didn't hear none of that. I didn't hear none of that. Somebody tell me, did any of these guys get prosecuted? Do you know any of their names? Post the news story. Show me where somebody from Antifa was investigated and you know who they are. The ones that did that stuff in Georgia. Anyone? No. And the reason why no is because I think it's exactly what the young man, the ex-BLM organizer, stated. I think these people... I didn't believe in, honest to God, uh, a white supremacy to me. Um, I kind of take Candace Owens... Uh, talking points on this situation because I, I don't I don't see like these groups and gangs and things like that but when you step back and you look at Antifa and you look at how they operate they they just might be exactly that swatting the beehive like what happens when you swat the beehive swat the beehive the bees come out and they start stinging everybody so the incitement that are caused by this group by doing the things they're doing, it's like they're saying or daring the right, <clears throat> come out in the streets and start fighting. We're going to rip your, your, your moral compass apart, your value system. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do all sorts of things that uh, you deem to be appalling and whatever else that we can do to trigger you. And... As soon as you get triggered, they get what they want. Because the Biden administration will do anything and spin that story in any way to make sure that the people on the right look like they're full-on guilty. And, and he'll call us white supremacists and ultra-maga this and deplorable that and all those things. I bet you at this point, they have to be super frustrated that they haven't been able to goad us out into the streets for a fight. Because we're, we're too smart for it. We're not falling for it. And I encourage everyone out there, do not fall for this. It is a trick. It's a trick. When you see people in government positions and you see people in the media say the most appalling and asinine things they know they're wrong they they're not really backwards they don't really stand for or believe in the things they're speaking about they don't they don't we've had too many hot mic situations too many people that are full-on hypocrites if you look at their past look at their past statements oh man the president is the biggest offender
I mean, the absolute biggest offender. When he talked about getting out of Iraq, listen to how he said to get out. You got to get the the people out first, and you can't leave any weapons behind, and it's got to be a slow going this and methodical that. And he talked a lot. He laid it all the way out. He said, "This is how we should get out." And when he had the opportunity to get out of Afghanistan, the way he had previously stated how to leave the region was exactly how he should have did it. So it's not as if he didn't know. He knew. He already been, had been asked this question about a similar situation in another country. And he said exactly what anyone in that situation should say. And he was right at that time when he said it. We could have agreed with him at that point. But when it came time for him to put his money where his mouth is, what he ended up doing is leaving, I believe, over $80 billion in weapons for our enemies and left Bahrain Air Base to be taken over by the Chinese. And they swooped right in. They swooped right in. One of the most strategic places to have an airfield in the Middle East, especially if we had conflict in that region, that was a key air base and we should have never given that up ever and it, it's 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 not as if we don't have a reference point like it's not as if we don't have people in the military and generals and so forth to be able to say this is what we should do and how we should do it now we've heard the conversation that Trump said he had with Millie when Millie tried to tell him it was cheaper to leave it behind and Trump said, hell no. <laughs> what are you talking about? I want it all. I want the tents. I want everything. You know, it seemed to work in China's favor, didn't it? A lot of stuff Joe does seems to work in China's favor. I wonder why. Hmm. It's one of those things we'll never know. Like, how many licks it takes to get, to get to the Tootsie Roll center of a Tootsie Pop, right? I mean, if you even ask that question, ask the question about whether or not that, uh, you know, Joe, Joe will uh, ever uh, uh, go against China or, or actually take a hard stance on China or tell us the truth of the uh, business dealings he had in Ukraine and China, which... We're getting all the facts straight right now. But but ask that to the liberal media and Awesome. You know, they, they're not they're not they're not gonna do it. They're gonna they're gonna turn on you. They're they're gonna change the subject real quick and play the political game. They're gonna <laughs> they're gonna circle back to that question. I mean, it's funny. That lady had that lady didn't want to answer anything. Whenever they're asked, they, they don't answer. Uh, it's just like having people in front of Congress anymore um, that stonewall simple yes or no questions and won't answer them. And, and they are, in fact, when they decline to answer the question directly, that is the answer, right? So we know this now. <coughs> Still dealing with a little bit of that residual bronchitis. It's uh, just about gone, though. Thank goodness, and it was a it was a hard road dealing with that in the last couple of weeks. But 
it's definitely uh, on its way out. Now, we're going to go on to talk a little bit about Alvin Bragg and, and the DA who led the Trump indictment. He promises, though, not to prosecute theft because of racial equality and balance. <laughs> so racial equality, right? This is this is how unequal the the statement is. So you mean to tell me if someone steals something or does something, uh, uh, steals something, but they're white, you'll prosecute. But if they're black, you won't. So poor white Americans are are put. Uh, in a position to have to deal with the full force of the law, but poor black Americans aren't. It's just a matter of how you spin it, folks. The, right and wrong are not something that's you have to dig for. You don't have to unpack. You don't have to peel layers back and explain what, what they really mean is this, like all that microaggression crap. Right? If someone's ignorant, they're being ignorant. You know, microaggression, well, he said that, but that's actually racist because of this. Like, <laughs> they say the most asinine things are racist. The other day, Pete Buttigieg said traffic was racist. Traffic. Highways were racist. <laughs> I, I'm, I kid you not. I kid you not. But, so... Alvin Bragg says he's not going to prosecute theft uh, in an attempt to right some racial equality wrong that he sees. Um, and, and it really, really doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Okay? The Manhattan attorney said during his campaign that racial equality is needed to be, it needs to be a priority. And he didn't believe thievery should be prosecuted since it was a crime of poverty. So he's saying that if you don't have, it's okay to go take from somebody else who does, and it's in the name of, of racial equality or equity. During the May 2021 meeting, Bragg articulated his intention to focus on racial equity instead of prosecuting theft. Now, I have a big problem with that word equity. Equity is a lot different than equality because equity assures an outcome. Imagine you had, hypothetically, 10 people in your government. Now, I want my country to run at its absolute peak, at its best, so I want the best people in those positions. Not in Equityville, you don't. What in Equityville, what happens is they say, well, three of those got to be women. Two of those got to be black. Three of those got to be Asian. Another one has to be Hispanic. It's not about the best person for the job at all. So it doesn't matter how hard you work, what grades you get in school, how hard you fought to get to this level in your career because you don't have the skin tone, or you're not of the nationality that they're looking for to fill their quota. Equity. People, we, 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 we are equal in this country. There's not one person above another, no matter what you think. 
the law is colorblind and it should not matter who breaks the law. It should just only matter that the law has been broken. So, you enforce the law. It's that simple. And th this, is, this is not something that should take a lot of brain power. And anybody who's put in a position of authority to enforce laws or even make laws that make openly make statements like we're not going to enforce laws. Imagine if I went and I got my job at the 7-Eleven and I'm the clerk at the 7-Eleven and I say, I refuse to ring up Cokes and Pepsis. I would lose my job. Immediately I would lose my job. I would be derelict in my duties as a cashier or clerk. These people are doing that. They're essentially saying, I'm not going to do my job in this area and in this area. And they're and they're not be, their feet aren't being held to the fire. They're not being they're not being held accountable or responsible, but they essentially went on TV or made these statements in these op-eds where they said, I'm not going to do my job. So therefore, abdicate your seat. Get out of there. Resign. Let someone else who will keep the people of New York or keep the people of Chicago safe get in there and do the job that you won't do. When you make statements like this, there should be hearings held there should be people's feet held to the fire. You should lose your job. You should be suspended upon whatever investigation has to be done and then move forward with a, a, a tribunal or something of that kind where there's a hearing where he can have his side of the story told. We're, we're, not, we're not a communist country with secret proceedings and hearings. Let him have his side told. Televise it. Let us explain, let him explain to us why he thinks it's okay not to do his job. But when you make statements like that, you're not doing your job. And beyond not doing your job, you're saying that I refuse to no matter what. And then you're doing something absolutely racist and saying you're only going to do it for one segment of your population. I mean, how much more racist does it get? Bragg was speaking to a group of young New Yorkers in May 2021. The organization applies as a radical framework to all levels of operations and as it diverts individuals facing charges under the age of 25 from the criminal justice system. So <clears throat> here's this argument. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to use this argument to contrast another argument they make on another issue. And you'll fully understand exactly what I'm saying. They're stating that young men or women under the age of 25, their brains are not fully formed. Therefore, they make rash decisions or bad decisions in which they're... Uh, you know, which go on their records, and now they're criminals and whatnot like that. So they do not believe that those under 25 should be facing these kind of charges, and they let them off absolutely easy. Such was the case with the young man in California who ran over a mother and her infant who got a couple of months of probation camp. Um, 
So they, they don't believe that these people make good decisions, and the decisions they make, they think they make from a, a brain that has not been fully formed, therefore they shouldn't be held accountable. But these are the same people saying you should allow your 12-year-old to be mutilated and have sex change operations allowed. And have, so people, these people, they're walking contradictions. They are walking contradictions. This is why, even if we were to debate these things in the open with them, and I were making these points right now, what they would be doing is very simply attacking my person instead of the issue. They would not deal with the issue. It, it's sad. It's sad because these are grown people that have positions of power that affect the safety of every man, woman, and child in their district, state, or city, and they're derelict in their duties, and they're racist, and they're dangerous. They're absolutely dangerous. Let's listen to, to, to what Mr. Bragg had to say about these decisions and listen to him defend his new policy. All right? Let's, let's get this up here. Big changes coming out of the Manhattan DA's office. Alvin Bragg releasing a memo listing the offenses that he will no longer prosecute, including fair beating, marijuana misdemeanors, resisting arrest, trespassing, as well as prostitution, as long as they do not accompany other felons. So, a police officer has some reason or another to arrest you. So he's already got probable calls, right? And you go about fighting this police officer who's doing his job by protecting the community, which may mean arresting you. So these officers, they are in danger by this type of action. And, 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 and he refuses to prosecute it. He'll bootstrap a misdemeanor that's beyond the statute of limitations and try to create a felony where there is none in order to go after his political opponent but this is what he does in his own community. He won't prosecute fair beating, resisting arrest, trespassing. I'll let him, I'll, I'll let him continue to talk. You'll, you'll hear him make his Reaction to that plan came swiftly. The Legal Aid Society praised the move, calling it a, quote, substantive first step to reform an office that is long resorted to making excessive bail requests and overcharging our clients, end quote. But law enforcement groups, well, they felt a bit differently, okay? The president of the Detec Detec Detectives Endowment Association, Paul DiGiacomo, said, quote, we have to take our city back, not to surrender to drug dealers and guns, end quote. And PBA President Pat Lynch expressed his concerns. Take a listen. We have the DA saying, well, you do your work, but we won't do our work. It's supposed to work like gears. Each piece does its part. Well, now it's starting to fall apart. And... Joining me now to discuss more is the Manhattan DA himself, Mr. Alvin Bragg. So good to see you, District Attorney Bragg. Thank you for being here. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Great to see you. Happy so, to have this discussion. Today. Yeah, this is an important discussion to have, right, in this new era. So why did you decide that your office would no longer prosecute the crimes that we listed there just a minute ago? And how will this bring more safety to the city? Right. So I was elected to deliver safety and justice for all. We we made these plans clear, and, and, and Manhattanites responded resoundingly, electing me. Now, I've seen every side of the criminal justice system, as you know, and one thing is clear, 
uh, you know, the status quo is not working. Uh, you know, gun violence is on the rise. Domestic violence is on the rise. Sexual assault continues to be the most underreported violent crime. Uh, so, you know, we've got work to do. Uh, and this plan is going to make us safer in and of itself, giving yeah. people the services they need. Uh, and it's going to clear the room to do the kind of work I've done throughout my career. So, Significant gun cases being at the top of the list. Of course. Now, you heard some of the praise right there, right? But there was also some of that pushback. And I want to pay attention to that as well, because um, the DEA president, Paul DiGiacomo, said, quote, in Bragg's Manhattan, you can resist arrest, deal drugs, obstruct arrest, and even carry a gun and get away with it, end quote. So what do you say to that? Well, I say it's wrong. I say you have to read the policy. Uh, you know, I have uh, prosecuted people who have assaulted law enforcement. You hit a law enforcement officer, you're going to be prosecuted. That's very serious. I have prosecuted armed robbery throughout my career. You go into a store with a gun and rob it, we're going to prosecute that. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, first thing I say is read the policy yeah. uh, and also look at my career, my 20 plus year career of delivering uh, safety. Uh, but what we're not going to do uh, is if you are uh, suffering from addiction or mental health uh, and you commit a low-level crime, we're going to give you the services you need. We're not going to incarcerate you. And they go hand in hand. That's going to create the bandwidth so we can focus more on the guns. It's more on domestic violence. It's going to make us safer. So the police officers union, they have requested to sit down with you, right, to figure out how to, to move forward with this kind of policing. Is that meeting or conversation something you are, that you would like to do? Of course. I spoke with the, uh, the head of the police union uh, earlier this week, you know, the way I've governed. I mean, you know, one thing that voters know, uh, I have a track record. I've been in government and I've got a big tent of, uh, of, of discussion. So all the stakeholders, I'm always happy to talk about this, have robust dialogue, put our, put our ideas together. That's how we get to a better uh, democracy. Uh, Except for let's do take a look at his career. Let's actually take a look at his career. You know, there were people that have committed murders. The other day, there was a guy that had a rap sheet of 101 violent crimes. And he was out on bail. And what did he do while he was out on bail? Killed somebody else. So Alvin Bragg isn't being honest. Those police officers, they're being honest. He's not going to prosecute these crimes. Just look what's happening in L.A. Look what's happening in San Francisco. Look what's happening in New York. And look what's happening in Baltimore. It, it, this, is, this is a democratically ran city problem. It doesn't exist anywhere else. For instance, Texas. I love Texas. What is the most authentically liberal city in Texas? Come on. Austin. Now. Take a look at the crime statistics in Austin versus everywhere else in Texas. People, it's not hard. It's not hard. Go just just look. If you if you want to know what not to do, look at California, look at New York, look at Chicago, look at these places. Look at these places with these people, these activist DAs. And and listen to how they talk. And but look at what actually happens. Where are the most dangerous places? These places with these radical DAs that are unwilling to do their jobs. So let them sit there and talk all that community reform and getting people the help they need and all that kind of stuff. He's no different than the mayor over in Chicago or the senator who stated that we shouldn't talk bad about them or 
they, they just did that because they don't have opportunity in their own community. Why? Because you chase the opportunity away by not protecting the people in the businesses that get looted by people who did what they did, you waterhead. This, this, not complicated, once again, folks. Not complicated. The truth, you don't have to dig for it and peel back layers of an onion to say he said this, but he really meant that, and all these other weird talking points that liberals try to do. Right is right and wrong is wrong, and it's right on the surface. Right on the surface. You don't need the thought police to try to tell you, oh, well, the reason he did that is because he had this in his heart or this was his intention. And Don't listen to that. Don't listen to that. Those are excuses made by people who, who just genuinely mess their lives up and they need an excuse. And they're not, and they're not accountable at all. They don't look themselves in the mirror and blame the right person. They find someone else to blame. Well, it can't be the fact that I gave up on myself. can't be the fact that I, I, I didn't finish this and I didn't finish that and I, I never tried at that and I did, you know all these you know I never pursued anything to its end. I, I just you know I, I'm good at sitting home eating Captain Crunch and watching talk shows all day and, and playing PlayStation and <laughs> But, you know, but the government owes me. The government owes me. They owe all of us. We want something for nothing. I don't give. I really don't care what people think. I know I'm telling the truth, and I'm saying the same things that many of you said many times. And it gets old constantly hearing people give excuses for things they know they're wrong about. They know they're wrong about. This, this, this country is full of opportunity. It is absolutely just full with opportunity. And you know what's funny? Are those people that come here from other countries that recognize that opportunity, that recognize what it, what's at stake, and they go to work because they don't take it for granted. They realize this freedom that we have is something most other people don't have we have something special here and they're destroying it they're throwing it in the trash because they're losers and they don't have an excuse for being a loser so it's your fault you can go from homeless to millionaire in this country you can't do that anywhere else that top 1% that they all keep blaming, uh, you know, to be the most, the, the evil 1% of the richest in the United States, go take a look at that list this year. Go look at who was on it last year and the year before. You'll notice something. It changes constantly because people elevate, people get better. People that weren't rich last year are rich this year. And they didn't get there because people gave them, you know, gave them their riches. Well, that's not all true. The, the people that run BLM actually, you know, did just that. They got rich off of other people's pain and other people's plight. And then they took the money that was donated to them and enriched themselves and their family 
and didn't give back to their community. And the ones that did, I feel sorry for. Because they're lumped in with these people. I really wish those people would start a different organization and call it something else and get away from them. It's just like the 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 uh, the the Democrats, right? So you have the radical socialists, and then you have your run-of-the-mill Democrat progressive, and this is the two brand of Democrats. And on the right, you have your establishment people, which are more like the progressive Democrats, which are your your uh, Liz Cheney's and Mitt Romney's and the, the you know the Lindsey Graham t- types and the Mitch McConnells anymore and, and there are few, there's a few others Paul Ryan uh, I, I could make a long list but you know they're they're not helping the situation it's just more of the same but then you have people that actually tell the truth and cut right to the heart of the matter and don't care what you think and they just say it like it is. Like Marjorie Taylor Greene, Ted Cruz, Rand Paul, John Kennedy, Jim Jordan, Chuck Grassley. It's a long list of people. It's a long list. And they're fighting for what's right. And they're quoting your Constitution. And they're quoting the actual laws and calling the left out for everything they're doing. Did you know that... Uh, Basco, I believe her name was Basco. Let me take a look here. Basco, I believe, was the name of the Democrat who she once, she threatened Matt Taibbi, the one who released the Twitter files. She threatened him with prison time. And threatened him with prison time over, uh, you know, which which she claims is uh, him misrepresenting some things but it turns out and I'm not going to bore you with the entire article but essentially he 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 was there in front of congress and he answered questions for them and there was a back and forth over uh whether or not he would re- reveal a source the lady asked uh point blank when is the first time Musk contacted you about doing these twitter files he says, I'm, I'm not going to, I can't tell you that. That is a question of sourcing. And because he's a journalist, she's not even allowed to ask this question. But what she did was she tried to be slick. Well, so are you telling me that Elon Musk is the source? I'm not telling you anything. What I'm telling you is I can't answer the question. Well, either he is or he isn't. If he isn't, you can answer the question, which he couldn't because the question was formed, the form of the question was formed in such a way as to ask him about the source. But not necessarily the same source. So he was telling her, I can't even answer the question. So she, they, they, they get into this back and forth. And then Plaskett, that's her name, um, said that he contradicted his own admission. Well, it wasn't true. And it, what it really, I mean... Like I stated when I, when I put the post on Facebook about it, I said you could almost hear her German accent. You know, you would think that in a free country with a free press that the left wouldn't have anything to hide. You would think they would want the truth out there. And whatever it is, if they're right, 
Why would they? Why would they fight it? Why would they fight it? If they're right, they have nothing to hide. They haven't broken the law. They haven't deprived you of your constitutional rights or your uh, or, 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 or anything or your your constitutional rights, the bill of, the bill of rights, anything in any of those documents. They're swore to uphold. If they haven't violated them, they have nothing to worry about. But what the facts show are just the opposite. What they called OGAs, other government agencies, were in and out of Twitter as if it were a turnstile. They had ex-FBI officials working there, like Jim Baker. They were they were censoring people for speaking out. Well-acclaimed doctors like uh, Robert McCullough, uh, Terry Mollusk, um, Christina Northrup, just to name a few. And many other people, including the President of the United States, at the behest of Michelle Obama, had his account taken down and he was deplatformed. And they wonder why. If you're sworn to uphold the Constitution and you start censoring people and taking away their First Amendment rights by going into a publicly owned company and dictating policy, didn't you just violate your oath of office? Didn't you? This is the, it goes back to the same thing as Alvin Bragg stating he's not going to do his job. So these people violated their oath of office. And the only way they can spin it is to make it a controversy in which the person who exposed them broke a law. Just like when Trump exposed them what was going on in Ukraine, and, and what did they do? They threw a fake impeachment on Trump to make that center stage of the story as opposed to what was actually being brought to light, which is Biden's real quid pro quo, you know, he's, I, I leave the country in six hours, he says. If the prosecutor hasn't been fired, you won't get the money. I mean, it doesn't get clearer than that. He actually, actually threatened to withhold security money if they didn't fire a prosecutor that worked for their government in their country what I mean, does anyone else see the problem with this? Well, he wasn't prosecuting corruption. He was prosecuting the company your son worked for. What are you talking about? There were indictments drawn up. <laughs> These people will rephrase and reframe the truth. They'll take it, tear it apart, put it back together in the order they want. Ixnay some things out of there that make them look bad and retell the story and it becomes a completely different story than what actually happened. And they're good at it. I, I can't I can't I can't say they're not good at it because there are so many brainwashed Americans walking the street right now that talk these same talking points like they just heard Anderson Cooper that day. They don't have any uh, original thoughts in their head at all. They just regurgitate whatever they heard, heard on CNN earlier as truth. They've done no research. They don't care about right and wrong. They, they, they focus on their agenda, and they just get mad when you prove them wrong. It's not about finding the truth for them. 
It's about being right for them. And it, it, they, they don't allow the counterpoint. They just, they don't. They don't allow the counterpoint. And that's what happens when you're dealing with Marxists. That's what happens when you're dealing with socialists. That's what happens when you're dealing with real fascism. Real fascism. Not this brand of Marxism and socialism that they push while they masquerade pushing those things while in fact pushing an, a true fascist agenda. And, and that's what cancel culture is, folks. That's what cancel culture is. Look up the brown shirts in, in, in the black, excuse me, it's either the brown or the black shirts. I should probably do my research before I start quoting things like that. But essentially, they would run around and uh, scream and cause scenes and riot and do whatever they can in order to get these events shut down when people at these events were, uh, 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 you know, speaking on from viewpoints that their 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 counter, uh, uh, or excuse me, their their political opponents or, or people that uh, were against their agenda didn't like. So they would go and they would shut these events down by causing scenes, like what they did to uh, Riley Gaines in. Uh, in, in San Francisco, like they constantly do to Ben Shapiro, Charlie uh, Kirk, uh, Michael Knowles, uh, Dinesh D'Souza, Can uh, 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 excuse me, uh, Candace Owens, and others. About that judge that went to speak in that college, and, and that presumptuous, pretentious law professor got up there and did some of the most disrespectful Oh, my God. I, and they get away with it. They think they can do whatever they want, right or wrong. They can break any law they want, and it doesn't matter in the name of social justice. And that needs to be stopped. That needs to be stopped. People need to be reminded we have laws in this country. Yeah, you can protest, but there are time, place, manner restrictions on protesting. You don't protest in front of Supreme Court justices' homes. And if you're elected to uphold the law... You damn sure don't stand in solidarity with people breaking federal law just because it suits your agenda. Once again, you're derelict in your duties and you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing as an elected official. And you shouldn't be able to keep your job and your paycheck and your title and still have access to all of the same top secret and whatever other briefings that you may have. You're a dangerous individual who obviously does not like the law of the land that you live in that you're appointed to uphold. You're a danger. And you shouldn't be in the position that you're in. It's that simple. You can't even tell me what a woman is and you expect me to believe you're smart enough to be able to run the United States and enforce laws. You know, I would like to have one of them tell me how uh, someone... Uh, masquerading in blackface and someone masquerading in woman face are, are okay. Tell me, how is that okay? In either, in either way, they're wrong. Both are wrong. And I would think real women would be absolutely offended at being overlooked for so many things in the light of a man dressing up like a woman and stealing your thunder, your glories, your scholarships, 
it's not right. And something needs to be done about it. And it has to be done in a voting booth, folks. That's where it has to be done. You you gotta you gotta fill out petitions, you gotta recall these people. You gotta you gotta get them out of office. You know, the left has done a very good job at grassroots organizing and getting people involved. And I know the people on the right, we're too busy with our families and work and doing what we should be doing, taking care of our own and, and, and not out in the street causing problems and breaking the law and all this sort of thing. But, folks, we need to start getting out there and getting involved. And like I say always, folks, the silent majority, you need to stop being silent and start speaking up. Stand your ground. And I'll see you again tomorrow on the Patriots Prayer Podcast. See you soon.